Welcome to our second episode of Our Drunken History. Uh, we are doing a salute to the capture of the Eagle's Nest in World War II this week. And we are drinking German beers to honor that. We got St. Pauli Girl, we got Franz Sconer, and Bitburger here. Yeah, we, uh, we figured we'd... Uh... Do a little salute to more of our military history this week. Uh, we learned a lot from last week's episode. I think uh, we we was able to fix our lighting. I think a little bit better, fix our sound a little bit better. We're trying to grow as the channel grows, so hopefully you guys can see the the improvements, and hopefully we can improve some of the stories too. And uh, if you guys have suggestions, let us know because <laughs> we're pretty new to this. Oh yeah. Trying to, I'm trying to be a better public speaker. It's never been my strong suit, so maybe this will force me to get a little bit better at it. And I'm trying to be a better researcher because I just kind of wing shit. <laughs> That's what we're good at. But yeah, um, do we want to go into any details on our beers first, or do we want to go with our story? Uh, do do let's do the beer thing first before we get too shithoused. <laughs> so this is Bitburger. It is obviously from Bitburg, Germany. It's a Pilsner. Uh, it is, was founded in 1817, and it is the third best selling beer in Germany. The man who founded it, his name is, I have notes, by the way, that's why I keep looking <laughs> over here. Uh, Johann Wallen, I can't even read my damn writing. Well, Wallenbach, I'm sure. Uh, but he followed it in his father's footsteps and founded it after his dad taught him how to brew beer. Keeping it in the family. I've got notes too. I got notes, yeah. <laughs> his are minor chicken scratch handwriting and his are nicely printed. Uh, yeah. Well, I guess I can't read my own handwriting either. Yeah, because I thought it was pretty interesting too. That it's not named after the St. Pauli neighborhood of uh, uh, Hamburg. <laughs> of yeah, Hamburg, I read where that the, as well. Which Lager. has a lot of whorehouses. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. So what kind of beer are you drinking tonight, Trav? <laughs> <laughs> We'll do some St. Pauli Girl next. All right. We'll feature that. That'll be our mm -hmm. other German beer. So I guess there's a popular misconception that it was named after the St. Pauli Red Light District in, in Hamburg, but it's actually named after the St. Paul's Friary in uh, Bremen, Germany. So, and it was founded in 1857. Got that. By Luder Rutenberg. Luder Rutenberg. How'd old Luder do? <laughs> is it good? That's pretty good. I've had it a few times. Yeah. But uh, it's a good uh, good lager, if you like those. The uh, I think I might like that Bitburger a little bit better. Do you? Yeah. Hmm. But uh, it's, it's, it's a nice beer. Bitburger on the label says that it's Germany's number one draft beer. But that's bullshit. It's number three. <laughs> So yeah, another fun fact that I thought was funny about St. Pauli Girl is they have a few different flavors or styles, you want to call them, but they have one that's actually non-alcoholic, but the only place it's sold is in the United States because Germans don't believe in non-alcoholic beer. <laughs> the Germans got it right. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a, there's a brewery in St. Louis that does St. Pauli Girl too. It's a, a Beck's brewery. Um, 
I'm sure it's the same recipe, but it's probably not as good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think that's the way Heineken is. It's which that's Belgian, isn't it? Or Heineken no, Heineken too? is is uh, from Holland. Oh, it's all, yeah, because they have a brewery in the states that does all their stateside beer, and it's supposed to use their same I'm not recipe. A, I'm not a big Heineken fan. I'm not either, really. Yeah. No, it's it's like I had it in uh, I had it in Djibouti at the airport. Yeah, and it was good because I hadn't had you know. Well, normal beer. Did you did you drink um shit, the one with the elephant on the label? It's made it's from Kenya. Was that was that Meta? No, no, it wasn't Meta. It was uh, uh fuck. I'm going to have to look that up. But uh their bottles were like bam bam clubs. Oh yeah. Well, because they reused them, the, the, and they had the um, Saint George was another good. Yeah, one. I had I had Saint George, and then uh, Castile or Castle. They had the gold foil on the. On yeah, the... we had that. We had Cronenberg eighteen eighty six over there, but uh, God damn that one! It, it like if you were in a bar fight, yeah, that's the bottle. Oh, you were just grabbing. go clank! It wouldn't are, break. Yeah, those suckers were no, heavy that duty thing bottles. Was badass. Yeah, I had a buddy that. <laughs> I had a buddy that we were we were uh, in one of those cabs over the, the nightmare cabs, <laughs> and uh, I don't know why. Sorry, Mrs. Bryant. He hated Kobe, hated him, and uh, Kobe Bryant was one of the sponsor or one of his sponsors was Turkish Airways. He was one of the spokesmen for it. Yeah, and they had a big ass Turkish Airways Airways sign right outside of that base. And we were on the way back from Pizziolo one time, and my buddy Eric, we were we were pretty pretty toasted, and uh, we were trying to find that sign, and he goes, "Fuck you, Kobe!" And <laughs> threw, threw that beer bottle up there, and it put a dent in Kobe Bryant's forehead. <laughs> he tatered it, yeah, and it was like. Oh, Full-sized, full-height billboard. It was yeah. a perfect shot. Yeah. Oh, man. That beer bottle fell to the ground and didn't even break. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. yeah, it was great. That was great. Anyway, back to Germany. <laughs> <laughs> during, uh, during World War II, most of the breweries over there got bombed. Yeah, there was a... Uh, the, well, a lot of the... Well, kind of like in the States, though, a lot of the industry over there is converted to start producing wartime yeah. supplies, and and there were, those were strategic targets. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And But yeah, we... Bom- bomb your morale. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was reading where German officers actually encouraged the drinking yeah. of beer by their soldiers to... Uh, Kind of deal with the horrors of war. Well, that's kind of how this this whole story about the Eagle's Nest kind of evolves because that was encouraged by the the U.S. officers. They they encouraged it or they let it happen. But you know, me and you've both been deployed. You remember right. back to back back World War champs. <laughs> <laughs> but when we deployed. You know, you had to sign General Order 1A and yeah. no no drinking or anything like that while you're on a deployment. And if you go back to, to World War II, that was, it even probably as far back as Vietnam, that still was, 
they encouraged it or allowed it. They they brought yeah. in shipments of beer into to the troops, yeah. and they've totally gotten away from that. And to me, like you're saying, it's it's a morale issue. I mean, you're not condoning partying and going crazy, but it's nice to have a good beer after a hot. Well, day. you know, there was I've been to a handful of bases that did allow drinking. Yeah, like Djibouti. I think you were allowed like three beers a day. Yeah, you had your ration. Jordan, card. maybe it was two. I don't remember. Yeah. Jordan, it was three, um, and they were good about enforcing it yeah um and it was it was nice and and we didn't go every day yeah. you know there's there's a lot of days where we just went to the gym went to bed whatever yeah. but once in a while it is it's nice to just enjoy a cold beer yeah especially when you're in the middle of a fucking desert yeah in the middle of the desert and it, they try to say that it's because you're in a combat zone and they want you to be on your best either your best behavior or your best men- mental state or whatever but but, you know, I mean, like you said, if it's, if you're in a stressful environment, you're in the desert and it's hot, it, sometimes it's nice to have a cold beer. It is. And they tried yeah. to ship in that, the Budweiser non-alcoholic beer. That was piss water. That. I'm sure St. Pauli girl N.A. is not <laughs> much better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's the Germans. Yeah. saying ship that shit to America. Oh, man. You know, the foreign militaries that I've all deployed yeah. with, they all... Yeah. Allow drinking. I've, I've uh, met several uh, Canadian troops, the Brits. The Italians. The Italians. The Belgians. And the French. Yeah. I spent time in Afghanistan with a lot of the NATO countries, and we would go to their compounds because they had kegs. We'd go yeah. there and have a beer with them. We, you know? Yeah, we did. Uh, in one base I was out in Afghanistan, we got to go to the Italian compound. And yeah. yeah, we got uh, we got banned from the Australian compound. Because they had beer, we wouldn't. They found out that's where I was going over there and drinking with them, and then. So they didn't ban you. The U.S. banned you from. Yeah, or our so our uh, supervision banned us from going to the. We weren't allowed in the Australian compound. Hmm. The Aussies are they're a pretty wild bunch. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna zip this up because it is fucking cold in here. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, we do this in my shed. So it's a little chilly, but it's, yeah, it is not a warm. <laughs> I guess evening. we haven't drank enough yet. We'll probably start warming yeah, up. Yeah, we'll get there, we're... but then we're gonna have to pee every five minutes because you know I got a little bladder. <laughs> <laughs> got, got the old man walnut bladder. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do. You know, I was thinking uh, with us doing this out here, my neighbors are gonna be like, "Where's Zach? And I got a guy in his shed. Zach's got a boyfriend. <laughs> he's, he's hiding it from his wife. They're yeah, out there in the shed." <laughs> She'll get home and be like, what are you doing out there? That's not why I bought you that shed. <laughs> hey, we decided to create, form a podcast. <laughs> right, yeah. We're not doing anything bad. Yeah. I do want to say, because we didn't say this last week, if you're going to drink, be safe. Don't drive. Don't make poor decisions. And that's it. That's my little spiel about that. <laughs> there, yeah, there was a quote. I, I actually saw it. was one that I saw in there last week, and it was, let's see if I don't butcher it too bad. And it, I think it was from Thomas Jefferson. And he said, beer in moderation is the key to the, uh, oh, what did he say? Is the key to a long life and happiness. But he said, I guess the Marines didn't get that, <laughs> get that memo. That's awesome. <laughs> That's great. Uh, anyway, let's talk about these... Uh, couple of these beer places so you know do you remember hopper house in vegas uh yeah yeah did you ever eat there 
Yeah, I went by there. I went by there once. Yeah. Yeah. So that place is like legit German food. Yeah. Like it's it's as real as it gets in the states. I really like German food too. Just going through there, going to back and forth through Frankfurt for deployments and stuff. I always made sure I stopped by some of the the street vendor yeah. uh, places where they had authentic. I really like. Uh, there's a couple places. Just the sausage and potatoes and, and yeah. stuff they'd have. Man, that's that's great. So. I, I'm not sure on this, but I believe the Hofbrauhaus in Vegas was the second one in the world. Oh, the wow. first one's in Munich, and I've been to both. I've been to there. There's, there's a couple more now, but uh, they really do fly in their beer from the Hofbrauhaus in Germany, and they fly it in like on a weekly basis. That's cool. They even fly in their bands to <laughs> play there. But the real Hofbrauhaus is not too far from the Marienplatz and the Glockenspiel. It's like a block and a half. Okay. Um, Really, and it, it actually looks a lot like the one in Vegas. Really, a cool. So they probably modeled the one in Vegas. Off well, they of did. That, it's yeah. the same owners. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They, they. Well, it was. I don't know if it still is. This is, you know, twenty years, over twenty years ago now that I was there. Yeah. But uh, the original Hofbrauhaus House um, was destroyed in World War Two. It was bombed okay, and rebuilt yeah. in 1958. That's cool. Yeah. They're... It's crazy how much stuff was destroyed. You can go back and look at pictures and stuff. And there was, in Germany, especially toward the end of the war, where we had pretty much defeated the Luftwaffe and we had air superiority. That Messerschmitt was still a badass plane, though. Yeah. Yeah, it was. And cause, But basically, what we had, we was able to bomb them to where they couldn't produce more aircraft. They still had pilots and they still had supplies, but they just ran out of airplanes. Yeah. And uh, But yeah, after that... We pretty much leveled all of their industry and all of their their any kind of their war effort supplies after yeah. that. And it was just looking at some of the pictures, it was pretty devastating. Have you heard of Varsteiner? Varsteiner. No, I've not heard of that. So Varsteiner is a beer that uh it's the largest privately owned beer in Germany. It's owned by the Kramer family, I found out. I don't know if that's Kramer from Seinfeld, but I hope Christ said that <laughs> fitting. Uh, but their their brewery was destroyed in an 1802 fire and rebuilt, and then partially destroyed and bombed out in World War II and rebuilt wow. again. And that's what I thought I bought tonight. <laughs> from <laughs> Warsteiner, yeah. Yeah, but instead I bought Franza Sconer, which I'm actually excited to try because it is the oldest beer in Germany. That's cool. It's from, it's disputed, either 1363 or 1397. Either way. That's still really old. <laughs> Very old. Uh, and it's it's not the original beer, but it is the original recipe that, that we're about to drink tonight. And that one is the only one of these that I have yet to try. Yeah, I've never had, I've never even heard of it before. So that'd be really good to get a first impression on it. Yeah, I'm excited about that one. So that's, that's one thing I do, I, I love about Europe and European history is... Some of the places I've had a chance to visit going through there, but it's so old. There's so much to, like, a, the America does not have a beer recipe from the 1300s. No. You know, no. They, they don't have a, 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 the the history or old old architecture or, like, you have Yeah, the, you, you can see some old buildings in, like, New England and, yeah. like, down, like, St. Augustine, Florida. You can see some really old buildings for us, but like our old buildings are from like the 1600s. Yeah, yeah, because there's not a lot of stuff. Anything that's before that was all Native Americans that 
you know, they didn't have the infrastructure other than like the Mayans and down in, in yeah. Central America. But yeah, I mean, I remember going to places in Germany and then even in England that there was stuff that the Romans left behind. Yeah. And, and roads or arches or bridges and some of the old cathedrals, like the Lincoln Cathedral there, it was started in, I think, 1056 or something yeah, like old that. Old as hell, yeah. Yeah. It's like, that's just so interesting, especially if you like history. If you like seeing the old architecture, old buildings, or just going through the English countryside and seeing a, an old church or old yeah. chapel that was it's built It's amazing how many there are, too. Yeah. Did you ever go? So we, we were, we did two weeks there where we didn't fly. Yeah. And we went up to Nottingham. Oh, okay. And uh, there's a uh, there's a bar up there called the Pitcher and Piano. Oh, okay. And it's a church from the 1200s that they've converted into a really nice, really high end bar. That's cool. So we went there, but then across the street, <laughs> you know, I'm from Montana. My dad went to college in Missoula at the University of Montana. There's a bar across the street called the Missoula. <laughs> And so I went over there and I got a picture of me pointing up at the sign. Yeah. But I went in and I was bullshitting with the bartenders and I was like, dude, I'm from Montana. And they were like, so is the owner. Oh, wow. So they gave me free drinks. Oh, that's for the night. That's amazing. Yeah. So I partied <laughs> at the Missoula in Lincoln, England, or in Nottingham, England. Wow. But the bar, I, it's uh, it's got a weird name. Ye old something, something, something. Is in Nottingham. It's, it's like... That the basement of the Nottingham Castle. Oh, okay, yeah. That's the oldest bar in England. Is is that where? Yeah, it's like a, it's almost like in a cave, and it goes up into the castle. Is that yes. The, yeah, I've seen. Yeah. I've seen pictures. And of I it. had I had heard that that was closing this year. Really? Yeah, because Why? of COVID. That's ridiculous. I'm not shitting you, man. They said that they just can't keep enough business to to pay for it. Like, oh, come man. on, you, like that's like a national pride thing. Yeah, that's crazy. I'm gonna. Try one of these Franziskaners. By the way, the Franziskaner is from Munich. Munich. Oh, which one is it? Right here. This guy. I might as well pass one to me, too. Well, there you go, buddy. All right. We'll try them to... They said it's... Uh, the thing I was reading said it's, like, kind of foggy looking, and it is. You can't... Almost like a Hefeweizen. It is, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. From... It says... From Munich since 1363. Yeah. That's what I got. Yeah, that's what I got on the uh, the internet there. The oldest German beer. It's like the OG beer in the world right now. Oh, yeah. It says on there, Weiss beer. It actually smells good. Yeah. I like that. That... Is some strong shit too. I can. What is this? Five percent. Five percent. Not bad. Man, it tastes like it's more than that. Cool but with me. I, I'm a big fan of Hefeweizens anyway. Oh, are you? Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever try the? A lot of it uh, times in in Germany, if you get a Hefeweizen, especially a draft, they ask if you want to add fruit to it, and so yeah. like you know you get. Some of the American Hefeweizens, like Blue Moon and different things, they're yeah, brewed citrusy. With, with citrus. Yeah. But theirs, they brew a neutral, just neutral wheat beer, but then they, they'll add fruit to it after, like in the glass. And But they'll do, it's got to be a German thing because I'd never heard of it before. 
banana. They'll do banana syrup in their in their wheat beer. It's it's different. I'm not. Is usually, it good? It's okay. I'm I'm still I like the citrus the best, but they'll do. They had like a blueberry. They'll do that. Yeah, I, I like blueberry. I yeah. I do. I I didn't initially when yeah. I tried it, but it really grew on me. I was in North Dakota one time. In uh, middle of January, I had, I had to go up there to Fargo. Yeah. And uh, I ended up. I was supposed to go up to Grand Forks the next day, and we ended up getting snowed in in Fargo. So, the the hotel I stayed in had a microbrewery in the parking lot. Oh wow. And I ended up going down there, and the only two people in there was these two very manly lesbians. <laughs> so I ended up drinking with them that yeah. night. They're cool. They were more butch than I ever will be. Wow. But uh, they put dill pickle in their beer. Is that and where you picked up the that's pickle? That's where I picked it up. Yeah. <laughs> that's where I picked it up. And I'll tell you what, I love it. I love it still. You throw a pickle, pickle. in a Coors Light, that shit is okay. <laughs> <laughs> Feel free. <laughs> oh. It was wonderful. They were great. Yeah. They were they're two of the nicest people I ever met in my life. That's awesome. <laughs> you never know who you're going to run into. The, 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 yeah, uh, I made friends. Every time well, I'm social everywhere I go, I make friends. Yeah, well, that's the thing, too. You go out and you're having a good time, having a beer. It shows like being friendly and, and having a, a common interest. You can meet somebody from all walks of life and have some common ground with them. And, yeah. And it, you end up having a good time. Yep. It's great. But speaking of strangers in a bar, that was, that was funny. So on one of my deployments, <clears throat> I was traveling by myself. And I was going, I think it's when I was going to Ethiopia. And I had to go through, uh, went from Vegas to Chicago, and then Chicago to Germany, and then, then Germany down to uh, Addis Ababa in Ethiopia. And I get to Chicago and there's this guy sitting at the bar, just normal looking guy, you know, and don't speak a word. I don't know who he is. I don't yeah. talk to strangers. <laughs> I'm socially awkward. So I don't, but, you know, <laughs> but I just, I just happened to see this guy. Well, they call the, the announcement for our flight to start boarding to, to, to Germany. Well, I get on the flight and I see that guy that was at the bar and you know, no big deal. He's on the same flight. I am. Yeah. Well, so we get to Frankfurt and have an overnight layover in uh, Frankfurt. So we get a hotel, go to the hotel, get changed, freshen up, come downstairs to the bar in Frankfurt. Run into your buddy. That guy sitting there at the bar. <laughs> same guy. It's like, shit, is this guy following me or what? So still don't say a word to the guy. I don't know who he is. Well, the next day, we go to the airport. Getting ready to get I'm on the flight. This because you got that chicken wing flying around. <laughs> flying around. <laughs> Talking with my hands. Yeah. Uh, but so get ready to get on the uh, go the flight to to Ethiopia to Addis. So get on the airplane, walking down the aisle, and no shit, that guy is sitting there on the airplane oh going. My God. So like this guy was in Chicago with me. This guy got flew to Germany with me, and now he's on the airplane going to Ethiopia. How many... You de you ended up deploying with this guy, right? Well, so, it's like, surely. So then when we got to Ethiopia, we had to catch another flight to the deployment site. And and we and it's like out of one of those little regional airplanes, you yeah. know, it's like 30 people in the airplane. Go to the terminal, and he looks at me, and then I look at him, and it's like, you followed me all the way from Chicago. And he's like, are you following me? And I was like, no, are you following me? And, and, he, and he 
I said, where are you going? And he told me where he was going. It's like, oh, we're going to the same place. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, yeah, we ended up deploying together. And it was just a, a, another guy that I never met before that was going to the same place That's I awesome. was. That's cool. <laughs> ended up being there for four months together. <laughs> I, I flew across the aisle with this dude from Korea. Well, I, I, we both ended up going to Korea together. And we were bullshitting the whole flight. Yeah. And neither one of us said where we were going. And we ended up being in sister squadrons there. Oh, nice, good dude. But I, I flew, uh, I flew to Doha with this dude, and we shot the shit the whole time. Really cool guy. And we landed, and he said, "You're, you're going to the base, right?" And I was like, "Yeah." He goes, "You want to ride?" I was like, "Sure." Like six, totally like, fucking, tacked out suburbans pull up and i'm like who is this guy he was the incoming marsoc commander oh nice yeah <laughs> so we jumped in these fucking tacked out suburbans and he gave me a ride right to the fucking terminal oh heck yeah great dude yeah great dude at least you had good security on the way there yeah man i wasn't scared of nothing yeah Oh man! I was ready for whatever was coming down the road. Yeah, I'm like man, I got fucking Marine Special Forces guys. I'm totally cool with this. Yeah, I'm not worried about a thing. Man. Yeah, good dude though. <laughs> anyway, why don't we get to the Eagle's Nest? Let's get to the Eagle's <laughs> Nest. Been just shooting after shit. after we've been here for an hour. <laughs> All right, telling stories. <laughs> no, the power of editing. We'll cut this down a little bit. We got to cut out a lot of names on this one. I feel like. Yeah. Oh, radio edit. Uh, All right. Well, okay. So this story comes. If you've seen the the uh, documentary or not documentary, the miniseries Band of Brothers, they really showcase this scene in that in that show. And it's one of my favorite World War II shows or movies of all time. I mean, that the Band of Brothers, uh, Saving Private Ryan, probably, and then. Um, Letters from Iwo Jima is always a, a really good one. I, like I would too. say Saving Private Ryan is probably my favorite movie yeah. of all time. Uh, so it's it, one of those when it's on and I'm scrolling, I gotta watch that. Oh yeah. Well, they uh, yeah, they talked about Saving Private Ryan and how authentic they made it and how a lot of people said that like it shouldn't be shown to the public because it was too real. Yeah. I, I remember when. Well, and Spielberg even said like he wanted it to be that way because he really wanted people to get a better understanding of the the gravity of the situation of it. And did you see how he handled the actors in that? Oh yeah. How like Tom Hanks and Tom Sizemore and the guys that were with him. Yeah. They went through like some shit. Yeah. And then Matt Damon didn't go through anything, so there was like legitimately real animosity when they yeah. met him. And they did it on purpose, just so that way they wouldn't like him. And, yeah. And and to make it more their reactions to him more authentic. And I thought it was great. That is really really a smart way to handle it. Good job, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> Seems like he knows what he was doing. I guess <laughs> not his first go round. Yeah. <laughs> so in that in the in the document or the. I keep calling to call it a documentary because it was so well at the beat. Well, because they had the the veterans there that were talking about it, their their stories and stuff. It was based off of real people and all that. So one of the guys that's coming to my wedding um, knows one of the guys that that was based on. Oh, that's cool. Like the guy, I don't know, like they're not buddies or whatever. You know, the dude's like old. Yeah, I don't even know if he's still alive. But he would come down to their high school every year and tell them 
that's, stories. That's amazing. It, yeah. There, there's not many of those uh, World War II veterans left. I mean, most of them have already passed on. I know uh, Major Dick Winters that was in that uh, Band of Brothers that was based off of, he passed away here a few years ago. And he was one of the last remaining. But most of those guys are close to 100 or, yeah. or older now. <sighs> those dudes are so much tougher than us. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, just the the stuff they they endured through that the whole conflict. I mean, we we went on deployments, and most of my deployments that I went on were three, four. My longest was five months that I went on. But those guys, when they got there, they when they landed on D Day, they were there. They were there till the end of it. Yeah, you know, they, and they were there, there with like wool. Yeah, and like their shitty boots and their shitty food and their yeah. just garbage gear that. You know, for maybe at the time it was cutting edge, but you know now you got guys with like your Gore-Tex and oh yeah, you your know, nice uh, Red Wing boots or the... yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, some of the guys got the the uh, Rockies. You know, the yeah. four hundred dollar pair of boots getting issued to them. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's amazing what those guys went through. Don't get me wrong, the food still sucks. MREs are shit. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure they're better than what they used to be. But yeah, they're they're better than they were when we were in. Now, man. Oh yeah, and I remember A and B boxes over in Korea, and you would fight for the B box. Oh yeah, that that was the cacciatore chicken was always and the chili mac. (laughs) Yeah, the chili mac was a good one, man. Yeah, and the uh, the uh, lemon poppy seed. Oh, the lemon poppy seed pound cake. That yeah, was like was... one of my favorites. They had that pound cake brownie, too, that was really good. Yeah. And that was good. Oh, man. Yeah, the MREs. What was the... The Captain Chicken was the worst one, though. Everybody hated the Captain Chicken. The, uh... Every now and then, you, which I grew up as... I'm a meat eater, and you'd get that... The vegetarian MREs. Oh, Why do I... Yeah. I don't want this. Do you remember the directions? The rock or something? Oh yeah, the rock. Yeah, leaning up against leaning up against a rock or something or like, something. Thanks, yeah. <laughs> thanks guys. <laughs> I, I got a story about an MRE bomb that I have to tell oh. you. But uh, I never made one. Oh, that's one of the things I never did that I can't believe I never. They're did. fun and and well, okay, we'll I'll just tell it. So MRE bombs. If I don't even know if well, I don't know if YouTube will allow that. I don't know. We'll see. Uh. You get the heater packet in MRE, you know, and it, you put your water in it with the pouch and the chemical reaction that heats the water up, heats your food up. Well, that chemical reaction creates steam. Well, if you enclose that steam in a sealed container, it'll build pressure. And if it, it can build enough pressure to rupture whatever the container that is. Yeah. Well, so we, we, we had heard about this stuff and get a water bottle. You stuff an MRE heater in there, put a little water in it, put cut the lid down and... Shake it up, it builds up pressure and blow up, makes a pretty good little pop. Yeah. And all it is is the steam pressure. Well, we did that a few times. I thought that was pretty neat. Where were you when you did this? Were you deployed? Yeah, or? this was deployed in Balad. Yeah. And in Balad at the time, this is 2004 Balad, where we're getting mortared and rocket attacks on an hourly basis almost. Yeah. Explosions going off all the time, all hours of the day and night. Well, I mean, we're out here on the flight line making MRE bombs and blowing shit up. So we get tired of doing it in a water bottle. It's like, I think we can go bigger. And we, we uh, find a Gatorade bottle and they're, you know, they're, they're thick. They're yeah, nice and thick, have a nice thick cap on them. So we get about 10 of those MRE heaters. Oh my God. Stuff them in this like uh, one liter uh, Gatorade bottle, pour water in it, 
put the lid on it and we throw it in this trash, like a, the burn barrel, you know, if you burn your coffee yeah, yeah, material yeah. in. So we had the burn barrel. 55 gallon drum with holes pounded in it. Yeah. So we put this Gatorade bottle full of MRE heaters, throw it in that burn barrel. And this sucker goes off and it sounds like a IED goes off. Which I guess it is an IED. <laughs> well, right? it is, but yeah. <laughs> this boom blows up. And we're like, oh, that's awesome. Well, as soon as we were like all laughing and high-fiving and how cool it was, then the alarm red sirens start going off. And then alarm oh, red, no. alarm red, seek shelter. We're like, oh, shit, we set off the alarms. <laughs> <laughs> These are dicks. We made the whole base we, cover. We made whole whole base locked down and run to the bunkers because Jesus. we blew up a water bottle in the in the burn barrel out there. Well done. <laughs> well done. Then uh, after there wasn't any more incoming, we went out and did our IED sweeps looking for a. <laughs> find anything? Didn't find anything. <laughs> nice. Oh, but yeah, that was that was pretty funny though. And we. That's good. It was, we kept that secret between us. We didn't let that anybody get out. Uh, no, no. Yeah. I wouldn't have let that one out either. I'm sure the, the pro super would have been pretty pretty pissed about that. <laughs> <laughs> anybody anybody who wasn't you guys would have been pissed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Back to the fucking bunker. Yeah, again. Oh, no. Oh. So, okay. All right. We'll get back to this story. We keep getting sidetracked. <laughs> I know. It's a good one. Um, what's the biggest bar tab you think you've ever had? Vegas, 2005. Uh, it was like just short of $900. That's, that's pretty but, respectful. Uh, so that's, that's a pretty good bar tab. Not bad. I was proud of it. I saw a, uh, it was like a Twitter screenshot of, I think it was like Floyd Mayweather and his entourage came through one of the bars that... Or one of the clubs there in Vegas, and I think his bar tab was like eighty-eight grand, like Jesus almost a hundred thousand dollars. Christ, which is outrageous. You know, that's way more than what a lot of people make in a year. I don't even think he left a tip. I think that was what made it on Twitter is because he had an eighty grand bar tab and left like a twenty-dollar tip or something like that. What a dick! <laughs> <laughs> but okay, fuck, fuck you, Floyd. <laughs> <laughs> You're an asshole. Oh. But uh, people, people work for those tips, man. So, so this story kind of comes around. They didn't they they didn't have an exact way to calculate the bar tab, but this tab would blow all of that out of the water, plus then some. So, Band of Brothers in the movie it kind of shows how the five hundred sixth took the Eagle's Nest. So this is toward the end of World War Two. The Eagle's Nest. Was, now were they? 506, what are they? Are they That's the 506? Or? They're, they're, they're a member of the 101st Airborne. Okay. And it's the 506 Parachute Infantry Regiment. So you okay. got the 101st is the division, and then you got the regiment below the division. It's like group and squadron in the Air Force kind of thing. Yeah, makes sense. Um, So, in the, so I, I guess that's one thing, too, that's been a common misconception about that. They In the movie, they depicted the... The 101st is the one that actually took the Eagle's Nest, but it was actually the 3rd Infantry Division that came from, that actually came north from Africa and through Italy, and those are actually the ones, the first ones there. These dudes were just stomping ass the whole way. Oh, yeah, they just, like, mowed everything down on the way. It, uh, the, <laughs> the, the 506 was the last ones there. They got the credit for it. Uh, but they made the lasting impression, really, I guess, on it, really. So... 
the it was the third infantry division, the five oh sixth, and then it was a French. I think it was the French. Uh, where'd it go? It was a French armored division that was that was, uh, was joining there with them, and the French really wanted to capture the Eagles' nest because they'd had their ass kicked through yeah, most of World War II already anyway. And they were really looking French. for like a moral victory for it. Yeah, those guys, man, they, uh, France, they catch a lot of shit. Yeah. But they kind of, they had a lot of guerrilla warfare stuff yeah. going on through they World did. War they, II. There's a lot of saboteurs that did a lot of damage there on, on things. Yeah, which is. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's yeah. how I would do it. Yeah. 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 Um. So this town, well, let me just get the thing, uh, Berchtesgarden was the town, and it was in the Bavarian Alps, and it was basically, I guess I'm trying to think of a way to compare it, it would be, almost be like Martha's Vineyard, okay. or the Hamptons. So it's, it's where the higher-ups hang out. The higher-ups, the, the social elite, the, elites. the political elites yeah. lived in this town. And like then, Maryland. Yeah, 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 the whole the, the Beltway, <laughs> where old Joe lives, old Uncle Joe, old Grandpa. Um, so this Berkdis Garden, and then above, so this is in a mountain town, so it's up in the mountains already, and then above the town, they said another three thousand feet was the Eagle's Nest. That was up there, and it could oversee. And it's a crazy thing; they had a, a hidden elevator that went from the top all the way down to the bottom, where that is go, amazing that. They were technologically, I mean, I, I know that, you know, it's not all that long ago. Yeah. Just, that's a huge undertaking, getting through an entire fucking mountain. Yeah. Like, I can't believe they did that. Well, this, this palace, basically, this, this, on top of this mountain. I have trouble doing that shit today. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's pictures and, and videos of Hitler there in the, in this, in the eagle's nest. And that's where he made a lot of his plans for whole European domination. He drew up a lot of his war plans and had all of his secretive meetings with his generals and stuff were, were done here because it was secluded. It had a... Like Himmler and all those guys yeah, all and, partied up there. And the, they brought in... They had all those parties and stuff. And they'd bring in dignitaries or, or governors of areas and all that around there. Like too. I do with my shed. Yeah, I bring, there we I go. Bring, I bring the important people to my shed. That's right. <laughs> So this was like a, a, a strategic and very affluent area for the elite of Germany. And um, so this is toward the end of the war. They were really expecting heavy resistance of the, the main German uh, holdouts because the war was coming to the end. Most of Germany knew they were losing. Yeah. The Americans knew they were winning and they were expecting there were this, this town and this area was the last really major objective that they were trying to capture. And they were actually expecting some of these, these German SS loyalists to put up a, a fight. This is going to be their last stand, kind of yeah. like their Alamo or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And when they got there, the, the, any of the Germans, they captured over 2000 Germans that was in this town. Jeez. And, uh, and part of the, the band of brothers series, they actually kind of had a little, uh, clip of that where they all the germans that was there stood in a formation and their commander handed over his pistol and his sword and stuff and like formal surrender formal yeah. surrender and that's kind of what they did uh they surrendered formally there and they really didn't put up any much of a fight 
Well, these uh, the French and so the the third infantry division got there first, and they found a lot of the town had been bombed. The 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 British air force had had bombed that area a couple weeks before that to kind of soften it up for yeah. this for this invasion, and a lot of the buildings and stuff were destroyed in the town. They found wine cellars and cheese cellars, and and they had jackpot. Jackpot, yeah. <laughs> they had they found. I this, bet I bet that was some high quality shit too. Well, they were talking about they they had uh, um, found these giant cheese wheels, and then the cellar, and they were like wheeling these cheese wheels down the street, and you know hacking them up and eating, having a big party, cheese and wine, cracking oh, up. Man. I bet I bet after eating like canned shit <laughs> for years, yeah. I bet that was so good. Oh yeah, it was great. Oh, yeah, man. they said they had uh, there was preserved cheese, canned hams, uh, ju- big giant jugs of pickles, and <laughs> pickles and pickles Very and beer. beer. Yeah, <laughs> perfect. Oh yeah, match made in heaven. But since like um, <laughs> maybe maybe that's where the people of Fargo got that. Yeah, they got <laughs> the, <laughs> the pickles and beer. That's right. Fargo's got a lot of Germans. Yeah. Oh, oh man. man. The. Uh, and the the thing with it being was since this town was so affluent with the wealthy and the powerful of, of Germany at the time, those houses and stuff were pretty much every house that even that though they had bombed, they had a wine cellar in the basement of these places. That's and how they, it they were finding how booze it and be, wine. Yeah. And uh so they partied it up pretty good drinking a lot of a lot of this booze and wine that they had found in these cellars. Well, the next day well, so the 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 uh, U.S. Army, the infantry, scaled the mountain and kind of raced the French up there to the top, to the Eagle's Nest. And they found Hitler's personal stash? stash in this bunker up at the top of this mountain. And they said it had over a half a million bottles of expensive wine, cognac, and champagne. And they said a lot of the bottles of wine were up to a thousand dollars a bottle at the time in 1945. Well, that see, I had read a deal that said that that's kind of how the French guerrilla fighters figured out what was going to be attacked. Yeah, because the Germans would order champagne to meet them where they would attack. Oh yeah. So they would keep track of where these shipments were headed, and then <laughs> send their yeah. That, their, that makes sense. Like, yeah. You're kind of giving yourself away, but yeah. I need a shipment here at this location. Well, that's where yeah, gonna that was, that's what it was. Yeah, <laughs> they, they they tracked the champagne shipments, and that's how the French figured out where the Germans were headed. <laughs> so I, I I told you about the elevator that went to the top. Yeah. Right? Well, evidently, whoever abandoned the I Eagles, wonder if it was an Otis. It might have been <laughs> Otis. That that sounds like a a German name. Almost. It does. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it does. I had, I had a buddy who put the uh, he put the elevators in at Levi's Stadium in oh, Santa nice. Clara. Yeah, they're Otis's. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So whoever abandoned the Eagles Nest prior to that disabled the elevator, and it wouldn't. They either I don't know how. So they, they legit had to go up the mountain. They had to go up the mountain. Yeah. So they got up there and they found all this shit. Oh, they had they had all this. There was like silverware. They they were going to loot this place. Basically, is what yeah. they were wanting to do. Spoils of war. Yeah, and. uh they couldn't get any, so they carried down as much as they could carry down. But then they went and talked. They didn't. They didn't have any injuries. They took over the whole place without firing a shot. They Jeez. rounded up all the all the medics and had them bring their stretchers. And they went back up the mountain with 
with stretchers and crews and carried down from the top as much shit as they could carry you know, with stretchers. Is, so my question is, is there any of that left today? Yeah, so that so let me look at the uh, the type of the the main. Uh, there was a a wine that that was that one of the Nazi generals really preferred, and uh, they still have some bottles of it available today. Still, I bet that is some expensive shit. Um, I bet it comes with like a letter of authenticity and. Oh yeah, so. This it's not something you can just go get at your your local liquor store. Oh, so, okay. So this case, so this this wine is called the Bordeaux from Chateau Lafitte Rothschild out of France. And at the time, like I was saying, this stuff was like a thousand dollars a bottle. Okay, so God uh, dang, that's uh, there. Nineteen forty four prices. Yes. Um, a bottle of it. If you they said if you find one, the one was sold in twenty twenty. It was a 1945 bottle of Chateau Lafitte Rothschild. It sold for twenty thousand dollars. Not gonna lie, that's actually less than I yeah yeah I would anticipated. Actually, yeah, that seems like the deal of a century. Of the century. And uh, but yeah, these so these guys they so they they loot the the pantry and they <laughs> loot the pantry. They loot the pantry. <laughs> Hitler's liquor cellar. We're going to call it the pantry. They load up truckloads of, of booze out of this place. Oh, right? That is awesome. So this is where the 506 comes in. So uh, they come in and they basically relieve the, uh, the French, the French go, they take their shit and they leave. And then they actually set up, they, they're going to control part of the town. They kind of divide the town up into who's going to occupy and control yeah. it or whatever. And um, the, uh, yes, the 3rd Infantry Division, they send them to Austria. So, they, they, so the 506 comes in and relieves them of their command pretty much. And they, they load up like six truckloads of booze and take it with them and they go to Austria. Well, while they're there, they Ro find... Road sodas. Road sodas. <laughs> road pop. <laughs> I got a buddy who calls them travelers. Travelers, yeah, that's good. So while they're there, the the so the band of brothers group from the movie, and so they find they find another hidden wine cellar from one of their generals. It has sixteen thousand bottles of booze from of liquor, cognac, wine, champagne, all expensive shit. All expensive shit. And they try to drink it all. <laughs> oh my god! I, I, I tried to look to find. And a, this is guys who have been at war for. They said at the time, they they parachuted in on D Day, and it was like four hundred and thirty two days they'd been there from D Day. To and this like day. that's not like four hundred thirty two easy deployment days. Oh, like we that's, had. That's, that's like getting shot at your, every day. Yeah, yeah, that's hell. Yeah, I bet that was. Oh yeah, they 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 got tuned up. <laughs> so, so yeah, going back to the beginning of this, this all starts on May 4th. Well, I, I think it was the, the, the 506 gets there on the 6th. Okay. Right. Well, the next day, the Germans signed their formal surrender of World War II and, and VE Day, yeah. May 7th, 1945. The war ends in Europe. And they just have the biggest ass party there in the Eagle's Nest. That, yeah, why wouldn't you? And they, so they said it's kind of hard to get an estimate of how much they drank, but they drank, and there's there's 
I tried to figure out how many people was there, and there was three different regiments there. There was the, the was two it? army regiments and the French regiment. How, how big is a regiment? Like, I'm thinking there's probably a couple thousand troops Jesus, there. Jesus, they, they were rolling thick. <laughs> but, <laughs> the wine the, and all the stuff that they raided and ate and drank and stuff. So they partied till the 8th. So they had a basically a three-day kegger. They had spring break. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so they think at the time, in 1945 dollars, they drank a little over a million dollars worth of booze. In 45, it, that's a lot of money. So I got onto a, a, a website, a currency converter, and it converted the currency through inflation and, and all that. And it was about $15.7 million dollars. On the conservative side is what they drank in three days. God bless them. <laughs> That's yeah. great. And it was all paid for by Hitler. <laughs> dessert deserved. deserved. Oh, yeah. That. Yeah. So that that blew the, the Floyd Mayweather bar tab out of the water and then some. Does, yeah. drinking... eat, eat that, Floyd. <laughs> the, the $15 million bar tab that, that they walked out on. That is, that is incredible. That's That's a good story. So that was uh that was pretty good because yeah, like you said, they the shit that they went through, and I, th- I think is well deserved. And, oh yeah, and th- they said they were, but it, I think it shows on the on the show too where they kind of talk about they raided and they stole silverware and cups. One of the one of the colonels took like a tea pitcher because it had um, Hitler's initials on it. it had A H on their silver really? tea pitcher or whatever. So. He took that home as a souvenir. Do you think Hitler uh, really offed himself? Or do you think he ended up in Argentina? I don't know. I've heard, that, I saw that uh, History Channel documentary about that they were hunting, I think it was hunting Hitler was the yeah, name of it. I don't it. know. I know there's full-on German towns in Argentina. There right? are, yeah. No, it's it's weird. And there's, it's some, weird. In, and there's some in Africa, too. There's, uh, I, I can't remember. That. But I would think like Tunisia and that, there was yeah. like a huge German yeah. influence there for... Quite a few years, yeah. Egypt too, but I'm sure they probably got rid of them. But uh, well, what do you think? I think I think it went I think it went pretty good compared to uh, last week's. I think we I improved, made some improvements. Yeah, let us know. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Willie will let us know. Yeah, he was critical. Oh, he was. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, we'll have to. Well, he, he he told me my story sucked. He told you your story said it was sucked. too said it was too short, but it was. Yeah, we we can always we can prove that I was though. ill prepared. But I think each week hopefully we'll uh, make improvements as we go and I think we'll figure this stuff out more and more and I think I'll become a better speaker maybe. And maybe I'll do on. better research. Cuz <laughs> you, you research, man. You do your homework and uh, that's like the story of my life. I just I like, don't do homework. <laughs> <laughs> well, when it's about something I, I like, I, I really love military history. So stuff, research and stuff like that is, is easy to make. You know what's it. weird? And I don't know why I am this way, but I've found that I am, is I will love reading stuff yeah. until I have to. Yeah. And then I'm like, well, I'm not reading that. Oh, yeah. And I don't know why. It's subconscious. I don't do it on purpose. But no. like, I can read pages and pages of just random shit and be totally into it totally entertained yep. but then like if it comes down to oh you have to read this i'm like fuck yeah, you screw that. Reading that. I, i'm that i'm the same way and it, it, it comes with not just reading stuff but you know somebody comes up to you at work and needs you to do a job right and they say 
hey, you've got to go do this. I'm like, fuck no, I don't have to do that. <laughs> got to do nothing. <laughs> but if you come and say, hey, can you help me with this or can you go take care of this problem? Oh, yeah, no problem. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 you, you can ask me and I will do anything. I'll break my back for you. Yeah. yeah. But if you say you but have you to say, do yeah. <laughs> I, I, I can get behind that. I'm the same way. Uh, but, uh, well, we hope you guys enjoyed uh, this week's episode. We uh, we tried to make some improvements where we can, and if you think of anything or if you see anything that we can try to do better with, just let us know because we're, we're open to constructive criticism. Don't come to us hating on stuff and not offer suggestions. I've been told. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, we, uh, we want to put a good product out there. It's just us screwing around having fun. We want you to screw around and have fun with us. Yeah. But uh, we are definitely open to suggestion because we're – Total newbies at this. Oh, yeah. And, you know, and no subjects is off limits. We've got a few other ideas that we're going to try to do on, on next episodes. And we're going to try to keep it entertaining, try to keep it fun. Uh, we're going to try to learn a little bit along the way and actually do some actual history. But we need to have it in a fun environment, though. I think that some people, you know, if you can make it fun, it makes it more palatable, makes it where people like it more. Yeah, I don't think anybody's looking at this as a history lesson. Just two, two, two dudes freezing their asses off in a shit. I feel like I'm ice fishing, man. <laughs> drill a fucking hole in the floor. Well, that's what we need to do. Drill a hole and have a fishing pole out here. Next. Yeah, with a little tip up. <laughs> it's oh. fucking cold out here. We will have a heater next week. Yeah. Oh, man. Maybe we won't be as alert next week. If we get warm, we'll be all cozy in here and <laughs> I don't feel like you're hitting on me <laughs> <laughs> oh, but we appreciate it and you guys, guys thank you so much have we'll, a good night we'll see you next time hit that subscribe button yeah as, the, as they say on the YouTube oh yeah we're on uh, we're on I got our podcast live now on Apple on iTunes and on uh, Amazon Music on oh, iHeartRadio Travis making progress over here so Google says it's on Google, but I haven't been able to find it yet. I don't think it's live on Google yet. But yeah, check out, check out. I know for sure it's on uh, Amazon and iTunes, not and uh, iHeartRadio. And then That's, we'll work yeah. on getting it on other podcast players as well. And then you're always here on on YouTube. And I'll put out some clips too on TikTok. I'm kind of trying to get that going too. So you're gonna find us in lots of places. You'll be able to find a link and. Uh, Find us that way, and we really appreciate the subscribes and the likes and uh, comments. That helps keep the algorithm going and getting the video pushed out to other people. So that'll be the best way to help us out. We'll keep it going. Appreciate it. Have a good night, guys. Have a good one.